Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of SI's new podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered some of the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. And now that continues on our show. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Another episode of Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, a podcast that looks back at a very big year by a specific team in the world of sports on a big NFL run right now. And this is actually a request, but kind of a request. Uh, we tell you all the time you want to hit us up on social media, Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike is at Swollen Dome. You have ideas for teams you want to hear us spotlight on special teams. And we got a few of these requests a few weeks ago. And we're going to look today at the 1993 Buffalo Bills. 
Initially, we we're going to look at all four years of the Buffalo Bills, but considering they lost four Super Bowls in a row, but this was the end of an era in the sure. National Football League. The Bills, who had gone to three Super Bowls in a row and lost to the Giants in that excruciating fashion. They lost to the Redskins. They lost to the Dallas Cowboys, uh, 52-17, and what announced the Dallas Cowboys dynasty. But 1993, their final year of getting to the Super Bowl, and it was where Bills' angst and backlash was at an all-time high. Marv Levy, Jim Kelly, all the big members of the Buffalo Bills would have to defend it tongue-in-cheek and talk about it because the media would always bring it up. Oh, I'm, I'm sick of the Cowboys. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sick of the Bills. I'm sick of them. And they're like, well, we're going to piss everybody off and go for four, right? That was the big Jim Kelly line. Go for four, put, a, put it on T-shirts, had it around the facilities. Sure. Yeah, they were sick of the Cowboys, too. So yeah, you, you could say the, that, too. Yeah, but this, the Cowboys, this was the beginning of the, oh, this is Aikman and the triplets, and boy, this is kind of fun. Yeah, but as a kid growing up in Chicago, I mean, the Bears played the early game. And then I always uh -huh. got the 49ers of the Cowboys. Oh, well, so I was okay. tired of seeing them. Well, okay. But America I was just starting to see them again. And they were done with the Bills because you got there three years. You're a great story. You're a small team, right. a small, small market team. But now you can't no, win despite sure. I having get all that. the star power. And it was the crux of my Bills. I'm sick of the Bills because going to Syracuse, where I went to college, the Bills were the team of Central New York. I mean, they're only an hour and a half away. Uh, you go west into western New York where, where, where Orchard Park was and where the Bills played, and everybody was a Bills fan. The Bills were on every, every Sunday. Everybody in my dorm room watched the Bills. They were on the front page of every newspaper, Bill. And I was like, I just want to watch the Jet. No, but it was the Bills everywhere. <laughs> so I get the big backlash for the Bills. But to this day, I still remember everybody on this team. Like, the same cast of characters for like the entire four-year run. It was Jim Kelly, a quarterback. It was Thurman Thomas. It was Andre Reed, Don Beebe, Steve Tasker, special team star. Go Cats. It was Pete Metzelar as a tight end. It was John Fina, Kent Hull on the offensive line. It was Phil Hansen, Bruce Smith, Cornelius Bennett on defense. The same. Daryl Talley, Mark Kelso, Nate Odoms. I mean, it was the same guys. You heard them all the time. Did you like when Summerall said uh, Metzelar's or Mecklenburg better? Mecklenburg was better because you oh, hit a couple of hard Mecklenburg. Yeah. That was better than Metzelars. You heard Mecklenburg's name a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I think the frequency also got you. But, but you're right. I mean, in terms of keeping a core together, free agency had blown up a number of teams already. Yes. Like we go back to the 85 Bears, Wilbur Marshall leaves for Washington, and you've got some issues. And obviously, Buddy Ryan and, and Mike Ditka couldn't coexist. So that fractures very quickly some other movement along the way. To have your stars on both sides of the ball still there, we talk about it in, in the modern era, how quickly it all changes. You know, when we look at, we, we did our review of that Seahawks team. Eventually, though, all those guys that were mid-round picks, they all had to get paid. So now you have to start making your choices, and eventually attrition hits. Here, you're able to keep future Hall of Famers and all-time greats, all-decade players together for four years. It's a pretty impressive feat that nobody wanted to go and become the star and, and be that solo act. And the fact that it was a small market. It right. was Buffalo. This wasn't, we're all together in New York, we're all together in Dallas. It's, we're all together in Buffalo, but... This team was really special because of the relationship they had with their community. It was one of the last few, like, you know, we talk about the Green Bay Packers now mm -hmm. that have that relationship, but this was real, and it still is in Buffalo. You know, the rumors they were going to move to Toronto and play games and, and everything else that happened, but the Bills had that special kind of relationship with their community, and it was, it was something you just don't get anywhere else. And so all these players, they were all rock stars. Well, they're all fabric of the community. I mean, talk to anybody that's, played there or been around. I've, I've had the opportunity to go do training camp tours in the past, uh, going to see the Bills when I lived in upstate New York for a few years. It was a nice, easy drive. So I'd go to multiple practices uh, during a training camp tour. And you'd talk to people that were coming to watch the practices. It's like, oh, yeah, he hangs out at the restaurant down the street. Or, hey, this guy does this. Like, they're in the community. Right. It's one thing to be part of a larger city, say Chicago or here in Los Angeles. And yes, you do some community work and guys might see you around and have some commentary about it. Here, it's like a normal guy just in the grocery store, you know, hanging out with the family at the local park, whatever it is. It feels, you know, more of that, that connection as regular people as opposed to how some athletes feel they're commoditized. Mm -hmm. And 
for better or for worse, right? Because the, the good side is you're lining your pocket. The other side is you're no longer seen as a human being. And it wasn't that the Bills came into the season without controversy because Bills fans and the media had questions about Jim Kelly because you are coming off the great playoff game and the comeback by Frank Reich, mm -hmm. who led the Bills back 35-3 deficit against the Houston Oilers, been a subject of many documentaries. And there were many people who thought, well, you know what? Jim Kelly, he may not be the guy. We may have to go to Frank Reich. Look at what Frank Reich did. Kelly didn't have a great year in 93. You know, 18 touchdowns, 18 picks. That is not a great year. But the offense still hummed along. And even though the defense was bad, their defense is ranked 28th over the course of this year, what people don't remember from the Buffalo Bills, they think, oh, that's a team that lost four Super Bowls. But they really turned the NFL on their ear because of the K-Gun no-huddle offense that they patented for those four years. That's really what turned the Bills into a team that nobody could deal with because they ran a fewer number of plays than any other team because they ran things fast. And it was the K-Gun, it was a no-huddle offense, and nobody really done that and done it throughout an entire season. You know, we had a, a lot of attention with Chip Kelly coming to the NFL. He's going to run this offense, and now you see uh, teams do it in college football all the time. But the Bills, this is why nobody could stop them. Yes, they had a great collection of talent, but this is an offense that you couldn't keep up with it. And for four years, nobody could keep up with it. Well, but that's it. It takes time to recondition your squad between drafts. Free agency was not the beast that it is now in terms of turnover and trying to lure guys in and, and changing coaches and schemes. There was a little more of stability or at least the appearance thereof. Back in the day, I haven't done run the numbers on how turnover was in terms of staffs and, and assistant coaches, but it seemed like you had teams that get, you got a longer leash. Yeah. So here's how I'm going to run my defense and we're going to find the piece or we're going to squeeze the wrong, you know, piece into this, this slot to, to try to make it work. And so you had that first mover advantage. We talk about it a little bit in college football and, and how you had change to a spread offense and, you know, the whack or the Pac-10 or some of the teams, you know, at Texas Tech or, or thereabouts where you've got, you've got to figure out how, you, how do you get 11 athletes on the defensive side to keep up mm -hmm. with that? How do you get your proper substitutions in for you different packages? You couldn't right? do it. Look at the 2019 Ravens. As a great example of, all right, everybody's on the zig. We're gonna we're gonna zag now, and now we've got three tight ends, we got dual running backs, and we got a quarterback that runs for a thousand yards. Try to defend that based on what you set up for a whole season, and now you've got this outlier that you've got to try to figure out. Same thing here. I mean, Pete Metzelars was the most targeted receiver, and it, and it was eight more targets than Andre Reed had. Yeah, Reed only caught, what, 52 passes that year. Everything was spread out. Everything was spread around. You had Thurman Thomas, but you had Kenneth Davis. Really, everybody was was getting their share because it was, let's progress, do the progressions, and find the open guy. A lot of times it was Andre Reed, sometimes it was Metzlars. You would go all the way down. In fact, later on, we'll talk about Jim Kelly finding a new favorite receiver as we get towards the end of this uh, podcast. Yeah, pretty pretty amazing the to, to way you have to zag. And, and for Jim Kelly, uh, certainly uh, in the news uh, a bunch as we talk about his health and his battles and and successes and and just inspiration, but as an NFL, when we talk about quarterbacks of that era, I think he, he gets a bit of a raw deal. I mean, they hang the losses on. Mm -hmm. You still had to get there four times. Yeah, still, I mean, right. Still that's that's the thing that's lost. Okay, it's it's terrible that you go zero and four, but you got there four times. So as the Bills are getting set for their run at their fourth straight Super Bowl, what was going on in 1993? Let's take a look back at that magical year. 1993. Bill Clinton was inaugurated in January of 1993, became the president, and a lot of fun and a lot of craziness followed over the course of the next eight years. Buckingham Palace decided we're going to open our doors to the public for the first time. Straight cash, homie. Because I went to go see Buckingham Palace when I was seven. This is back in, in you know, the mid-70s. And I went right outside for the changing of the guard. I walked up to some guards and I was like dancing around. You know, they're not allowed to, to move and, and show any facial expressions. And my mom's got pictures of me just dancing around like a lunatic around the changing of the guard. But you so couldn't, you, so you you couldn't get inside. So you acted like a jackass then? I was seven. I saw people, tall people in furry hats. Yeah, it was kind of fun. disrespectful though. That's not bad. I was seven. That's how you ended kid. up in radio alongside me. <laughs> Disrespectful uh, from an early age. Ben Johnson was banned for life from sports. One of the first big doping scandals. 
as he ran the 40-yard dash in three seconds. To, no. Uh, but Ben Johnson. <laughs> he was the flash. He was. He was fast. Uh, big movies in 1993. Jurassic Park. Yeah, absolutely. One of the few examples where the movie's better than the book. And I love the book. But, man, see those dinosaurs on screen for the first time? Kind of a big deal. I remember the trailer, and it was... It's the one of uh, Sam O'Neill and uh, Sam Neill and Laura Dern running. And it's like the pachyderms and the brontos are running alongside. And I'm like, oh, my God, those are dinosaurs. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, even all these years later, it still has that effect of imagine the production of that, knowing that you were changing film. Sleepless in Seattle. Also one of the big films of 1993. Where is Seattle? Where is Baltimore? Not Ah. like any home I'd ever known. Philadelphia came out in 1993. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Line of fire, indecent proposal, the firm... The Fugitive, Mrs. Doubtfire. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. A big year in film, not quite the 1994 year, which is looked back as one of the greatest years in film ever. What about The Piano? Never Man, Harvey saw Keitel the piano. Was kind of a big nah, I never saw The Piano. That's good. I know it launched Anna Paquin's career, yeah. but I never saw The Piano. Yeah, go back and watch it. Really? You'll enjoy it. it really? 
Doesn't Harvey Keitel, like, isn't he naked, like, through the whole movie? Yeah, but he's naked all the time. What if I watch, like, a TV-friendly version of it? Like a I TV don't know that they show it on version. TV anymore. Oh, they don't? All right. It's 1993, and it doesn't have, you know, dinosaurs. <laughs> so that's where the Bills sit as their pursuit of four Super Bowls begin. Coming up next, a bad losing streak. Belief in the Bills starts to wane. As a special teams podcast with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. Thunderstruck. Adjective. Shocked and amazed by the power of fun on Carnival. Riding Bolt, the world's first roller coaster at sea, Brian got thunderstruck so hard, his 93-year-old grandmother felt it 3,000 miles away in Nebraska and immediately booked a cruise. Hooray! Get thunderstruck starting at 289. Carnival. Choose fun. Cruises are in U.S. dollars per person, double occupancy. Taxes, fees, and port expenses additional. Restrictions apply. Full details on Carnival.com. Ships registry, Bahamas, Panama. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. continue on special teams we take a look back at the 1993 buffalo bills the last of the four bills super bowl teams and what you're going to start seeing is why the bills dynasty kind of crumbled this was their last year to get to the super bowl potentially win as you know by now they didn't but their journey getting there brought some big time twists and turns they start the season as the favorite to get back to the super bowl as they did every year for the past couple of years they had just lost to dallas in the super bowl 52-17, Leon let all the pageantry, here come the Cowboys. They get the rematch week two in Dallas. So this is a game that the Bills were looking forward to the entire offseason. They wanted to get a measure of revenge against the Cowboys. They win it 13-10. This game played because Emmett Smith was holding out. This was his big holdout in 1993, still hadn't come to terms with the Dallas Cowboys yet. So the Cowboys playing without Emmett lose by three. Dallas commits four turnovers, including Troy Aikman getting picked off on the goal line by Matt Darby to end the game. Sloppy game overall. It was. I it mean, wasn't six a great turnovers. Game. You had virtually no offense. For the Bills, I mean, you're talking about 129 passing yards, so not exactly able to move the ball, but you get the the four turnovers and and make it hold up and and really just a a sloppy start after a 38 point barrage mm-hmm. to beat you know everybody's favorite, the New England Patriots, to open the season. You know, I remember this game a big time because I had just started as a production assistant at ESPN, and one of the big things you did as a PA was you were assigned to edit and put together the highlights of a Sunday football sure. game. And this was obviously the biggest game of the day. And it was, oh, you got four minutes for this highlight. I was like, oh my four God. Four minutes. I, I didn't get to do it, but the person, I was like, oh my God, you got four minutes for the Bills-Cowboys. Because, you know, because Berman wanted to be able to go, let's show an ISO of Jim Kelly, and let's show Bruce Smith, and let's show Troy Aikman, and show Michael Irvin. And I remember saying, we know they're all there. Well, I mean, why, why do we get a show? I need anyway, six seconds on Jimmy Johnson, then cut back to Marv Levy. Yeah, it's like four minutes. And, and I, remember, brow. I remember the conversation after the, after the highlight aired, it was, do we really need four minutes on this game? Because it, <laughs> it was the Bills. Yeah. It was the Bills. It was and Bill, it was yeah. Berman. So, and, yes, uh, they did. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, after the game, said he was sick and tired of hearing about Emmett Smith. Jim Kelly said now they know what it feels like to turn the ball over as much as they didn't lose. They're not 35 points better than we are. This was a huge win for the Buffalo Bills and maybe the last of the big wins uh, for the regular season for them as 
Listen, something we're going to get into over the course of this podcast, the Bills really didn't go to the Super Bowl and beat a lot of world beaters on the way these four years. No, but they also, um, well, this win thrust them into their first bye week. <laughs> As hey, the schedule still good. had two. Yeah. Right? Hey, week three, you played two games. Eh. All right, I guess you had a hard training camp back then. Well, this is back I when mean, players back when you played actually, in training camp. Right, where you had legitimate three sure. seasons. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. You know, Jim Kelly played most of that third quarter in the third preseason <laughs> game. Let's make sure we get him out. So it's a typical Bills season. They go on to hit a rough patch week 11. They lose at Pittsburgh 23 to nothing. And this was a shocking game. Leroy Thompson ran for 100 yards and a touchdown. Merrill Hodge ran for 64 yards. Merrill Hodge. Now yeah. we're going into the Wayback Machine. And it was a Neil very Donald under center. It, it was a it was a very stark reality type game as both quarterbacks played Jim Kelly and Frank Reich. And as, as good as the Buffalo Bills were, there was still a big sentiment of people like, well, maybe Frank Reich is the guy. And there was a lot of whispers after this. Oh, 23, nothing. Oh, wait a minute. But it's not like Frank Reich came off the bench and, and brought him to, to a victory. Both quarterbacks in this game combined for 110 yards passing. Oh, no, this is awful. Five, nine first downs, only 47 yards on the ground. It's like a Jets 11 game. of 20 <laughs> passing. <laughs> hey, you've got Sam Darnold now. I mean, you've got to celebrate that as long as you can. Penalties about the same. I mean, nothing, you know, time of possession, though, three to one. Yeah, Pittsburgh just absolutely blows them out. And look, and people forget that Pittsburgh was a really good team in the early 1990s. You know, they, they were good. Were they great? No, but they were a good team throughout most. They didn't have the great quarterback play as of yet, but this was the early uh, comings of the Bill Cowher-led Pittsburgh Steelers team. They go on to lose week 14 at home to the Raiders 25-24. Jeff Hostetler, and it's Haas. Dun, 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 throwing a big touchdown pass with five minutes left to go. And at this point, the Bills had lost three of four right before their stretch run. And it was, is this still the same Bills team? Is this good for the company? Is this still the same Bills team? Was their era over? And there was a lot of questions because these were the good teams in the AFC that suddenly the Bills were having trouble with. You give it up 23 points or more in those three losses. When you go back and you look at the schedule early on, I mean, you're talking about obliteration, right? The offense had its moments where they weren't as efficient and operationally executing as you'd expect. But for the most part, the defense took care of business, right? You had the loss to Miami in week three, give it up 22. Otherwise, you're looking at 14, 10, 14, 7, 10, 10, 10. And then you hit this stretch where you're playing the better teams and you're getting punched in the mouth. And you weren't scoring points. This is not the K-gun, no huddle that the Bills were used to when they'd score 35 a game. Now you're scoring between 20 and 25 a game. Yeah, so the margin for error was certainly no longer there uh, as we we watch this season roll on in this tough stretch as they hit late November. So at this point, they're eight and four, and you're wondering, are they contenders? Are they pretenders? They eke out a 10-7 win over the Eagles. They beat the Dolphins 47-34. So now Revenge they, get to, game. they get to the next to last game of the season against the Jets, and this game was so painful. Because this was the you know this was the Jets trying to really make make their stand here like they had a they had a pretty good shot at the playoffs and this game was all right the Jets can do it the Jets can do it here the offense played well the defense played well and Carrie Bleepin Blanchard missed three <laughs> field goals in this game including one with a couple of minutes left that could have won the game and he missed three field goals and I go. I can't believe we lost because that guy missed three bleeping field goals. The Jets let him go because you have to at that point. Yes, right? of course. And and what happens? Then he becomes an all-pro kicker with the Indianapolis Colts. Goes on and on. Only the Jets. That's Jets Only things. the Jets that No, that's just it. Even I mean, no matter where we go in the rewind timeline for the National Football League, something bad's happening to the Jets. Unless we go back to Super Bowl three, everything else has a punchline to it. Well, this is true. Sorry, buddy. It is It is also the Jets. It's not like I don't understand it. No, you know no, I mean? no. But, is, I mean, for those out there that, you know, know bits and pieces of Jets history, this is a recurring theme. Oh, this was, you can't have nice things. This was so terrible. I mean, f- there was like less than a minute left to go, and we were still in playoff contention because we were eight and six. Like, we win this nine and six. Nine, no, Carrie Blanchard, three field goals. And the Jets lose this game. Three By way of contrast, Steve Christie, Dale's three field uh, goals. Uh, you had two touchdown passes from Boomer Esiason. 
uh, but not enough. Sorry, buddy. So the Bills go to the playoffs, AFC East champs at 12 and four, and they have a home game with the Raiders and they win this game 29-23. Temperature for this game was zero degrees. The Raiders got out to a big lead and they got up by 11, but the Bills reeled them in. Jim Kelly threw two touchdowns to Bill Brooks, who started to become a weapon for him towards the end of the year. And then they go to the AFC championship game, waiting for them at home were the Kansas City Chiefs. Joe Montana, in what was going to wind up being his last great chance at going to the Super Bowl, all the talk in this game was Kelly versus Montana, the two legends. How was Montana going to do it? The whole world was rooting for Joe Montana because they wanted to see Joe Montana and not the Bills again, except Montana was terrible. Gets knocked out of the game with a concussion in the third quarter. He winds up 9 out of 25 for the game. All right, which is a horrendous night with a with an interception, 125 yards. Jim Kelly wasn't great, but it was Thurman Thomas running for 186 yards. The Bills win it 30 to 13 to go to the Super Bowl. And what people don't realize about the Bills is that here they are again, but their home field advantage at Rich Stadium was so immense, not just in the playoffs, but during the season as well, but especially when you got to January and every game was zero degrees. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Threes or less. And teams had to come in who weren't used to this. Look, the Raiders came in twice to play in the playoffs. We can't win there. We're the Raiders. The Chiefs are not ready. Joe Montana seeing him so cold coming into this game, he's got his hands in his pockets. I'm like, what's he going to do in this game? The Bills' home field was every bit as good as the Packers' home field, as the Saints' home field, as the Seahawks' home field. That we've seen later years in the National Football League. And people forget what that was like for the Bills to be able to enjoy that advantage, play a couple of games at home, then you're in the Super Bowl. Talk about weather and the all the conditions, but the cities you mentioned, it's all the, the same thing. It's that small communal kind of feel when you get down to it. Green Bay, walk down the street, you go to any local restaurant, like, hey, you're with a wide receiver. I mean... Big cities, they kind of get lost. They get sequestered in their own spots mm-hmm. unless they want to be seen. Then it's, hi, here I am, star running back of your team. But generally, you can hide it in New Orleans, it, especially, you know, after Katrina and everything, you're talking about uh, a, a different level of dedication to that by that fan base and what that team means to them. And in Buffalo, same thing. You're talking about that same small, smallish town Approach because you can't really call Buffalo small, but on a relative basis. Oh, it's it the most smallest markets in the league. Right, small market compared to the other teams, compared yeah. to the rest of the league. So you you talk about that ownership, and when you're that cons- consistently good, right? It, you just build momentum, and the fan base gets that much more rabid. Especially now that you've swung and missed three times, you're back for for round number four, and you get to be a giant slayer, right? Everything is always. Compared to Joe Montana, when we talk about Super Bowls, we talk about these big moments, folks forget a very smallish effort and how they beat the hell out of him before he left this game. <laughs> and we got to see Dave Craig come in. So this Bills defense, which was much maligned during the regular season, finishing 28th, comes up with a couple of big efforts, and the Bills head back to the Super Bowl, awaiting them a rematch with the Dallas Cowboys. Coming up next, we'll recap that game, go through it, and... Kind of tell you just how the Bills were able to get to four Super Bowls in the 90s without winning one. Something that people don't really talk about. Special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon coming up next. If I could be you. And you could be me for just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. America's nightmare was here. The Bills were back in the Super Bowl for a fourth <laughs> straight. No! Now look, nobody liked it. Nobody liked the fact that the Bills were back because they had lost three in a row. We had we got sick and tired. I'm sick of Jim Kelly. I'm sick of Thurman Thomas. I'm sick of Andre Reid. I'm sick of all these guys. They show up and they lose. Their first year was the closest. There was a big, you know, we talked about the backlash against sure. the Buffalo Bills, but... 
the fans rallied around the hate for them to be back in the Super Bowl. And there were many stories filled with blank you, you know, we're back in the Super Bowl and now we're going to win it. And I admit there was a part of me that thought, you know what? They just might be able to do it. How good are the Cowboys? Are they really still as good as they were last year? And this is their fourth. There's got to be no pressure on them. And if they're going to win, this is going to be the year. They saw the Cowboys last year. You know the Cowboys are thinking we're going to walk into this game. Yeah, we beat them last year. Yeah, they beat us week two. We didn't have Emmett Smith. Now we're going to have Emmett Smith who came in after a holdout, and we're going to win this game. If they were ever going to win one, this was going to be it. Yeah, the psychology of it all, right? That playing chess. And we talk about the memory of a cornerback a lot. And certainly one season going to the next. Yes, the stars are there. You got a lot of the same heads on both sides of the ball. The coaches and go on. But there's still just that. All right. It's for the Bills. As confident as they may have been after an earlier win, right? Jim Kelly saying, hey, they're not 35 better than us. They also know the history. There is a pressure because you do have a lot of the same principles as much as you'd say, hey, you know what? We're playing with house money because we got here again. No, 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 no. They recognize full in effect that going 0-4 is catastrophic. I mean, you go back to some of the Vikings teams with Fran Tarkenton and, and others in NFL history, and years later, what are they? They're still cursing the fact that they got there multiple times and didn't finish the job. And for the Bills, I think there's a respect that comes to it all these years later. But in the moment, A, you're tired of them. Me, and if you're going to lose, go lose spectacularly so we can have you go away once and for all. Now, this was not a classically played Super Bowl. It was very slow early on. The Cowboys had a 6-3 lead in the first quarter. And then the Bills get a huge break, a running into the punter penalty against Chris Moore of the Bills who was punting. And that gave the Bills new life. They go down the field and Thurman Thomas goes in for a touchdown, gives the Bills a 10-6 lead. The Cowboys couldn't come back. They get another field goal, and the Bills go into halftime up 13-6. to And it was, this could really happen. The Cowboys are not playing well. The Bills are imposing their will on the game. They The entire first half, the, the Bills had really good field position. The Cowboys struggled. This was it. Hey, they're up. This could be it for the Bills. Well, yeah, if you're going to go through the way they wanted the game to roll, we, we talked about the defense, 28th ranked, and a lot of mid-20s performance, particularly late in the season, right? Dominating early. Some might yell some bum slaying going on. And then you you had some some cracks in what they were doing in their defensive coverages. And you were thinking that behind that big offensive line, Emmett Smith would have, have his way. And early on, they kept him at bay, a couple of field goals. And so the game's playing. So long as you can get one or two sustained drives in the second half, you're thinking you're going to be able to wrap this up and just grind it down. Yeah, Nate Odom's had a big interception the second quarter. And, you know, everybody's watching the halftime show, which was, it was a big country music extravaganza at halftime. It was Clint Black and Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, Winona Judd. It was Naomi T-R-O-U-B-L-E. I mean, I, and I, I'm just killing time with Clint Black. Wow, look, you know, my wife... I know a lot of Clint Black. My wife had a huge crush on Clint Black. She's not a country music fan, but she just thought he was it. He was so hot. She was like, oh my God, I love Clint Black. I actually bought her a Clint Black, like best of Clint Black. Right. And she goes... I'm not going to listen to it. I go watch because I just think he's hot. I mean, I know why you bought it for me. And I, I love that. I love you for that, but I'm not going to listen to this. I'm like, Oh, I thought I was doing something kind of cool for you. Just okay. might find I'll be killing time for eternity. <laughs> How about that? So we hit the third quarter and then the game changed less than a minute into the third quarter. Leon let runs into the end zone with the balls. But no. Leon Lett <laughs> forces a Thurman Thomas fumble and James Washington returns at 46 yards for a touchdown to tie the game 13-13. And just like that, the game changed. And that was really it for the Buffalo Bills. They didn't really threaten there. The next time they got the ball, they had to punt after Jim Kelly got sacked. The Cowboys go on a long drive and Emmett Smith a steady diet of him, seven of the eight plays he carried the football on. He goes in for a touchdown run. It's 20 to 13. And now it's, boy, the Bills really let their best chance just get up and, and walk out of the stadium because now the Cowboys, you let them hang around and now they have control. Yeah, that long protracted drive really just punishing because now the defense is gassed and offensively, you, you had one drive the whole game. So, well, we're wa watching this play out, just trying to find that big play 
because you weren't busting off big runs. You weren't finding any separation in the secondary. And now the pressure's back on because, again, you're going to lose your fourth straight Super Bowl. <laughs> Into the fourth quarter, it's a seven-point lead for Dallas. And then Washington intercepts a pass from Jim Kelly on the first play of the, of the quarter. He returns it for a pretty good uh, chunk of yards on fourth and one. Emmett Smith goes into the end zone for a touchdown, which is a very controversial call back then because it was, hey, you could kick a field goal and go up by 10, but Jimmy Johnson goes for it, and they go in and get that 27-13 lead, and now it's a two-score game, and the Bills have really done nothing in well over a quarter. And you got to give them absolute credit for, for going for it, and I yell, the math says to do it all the time. Is that Bills offense driving 99 yards on you if they don't get it? At that point in the game, I mean, it all just realistically, you're not putting the points up. Just say, okay, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to drive. You're going to have to hit a big home run play or really come up with a drive that's just going to eat up the rest of the clock. So good luck. They kick a field goal with a couple minutes left in the game that's window dressing. They win it 30-13, to and that ends the Bills' chance of coming back to win this, and they lose four Super Bowls in a row. Andre Reid said after the game it was the worst one. Thurman Thomas said, I cost us the game with my fumble. It was a shocking turn of events early in the third quarter that sent the Bills down to defeat in their fourth straight Super Bowl. Obviously, history looks back at them a little bit differently because, hey, they've been to four straight Super Bowls. Right. But I look at the Bills a little bit differently because I look at Tiger Woods when he first started playing golf and dominating in the late 1990s, early 2000s. Well, when he was dominating, it wasn't the greatest PGA Tour field that was out there. All the great players of the 90s were all at the end. Nick Price, Nick Faldo, Freddie Couples, all these guys were done. Greg Norman was done. And the new players who were really good were still a ways away from making a dent. Phil Mickelson was supposed to be the up-and-coming guy for a long time. He couldn't dent the scoreboard till 2003, 2004. So Tiger had a good six, seven years of playing against less than stellar competition. Well, everybody kept trying to prop up a rival, right? And eventually it became yeah. Phil. Yeah, and, and but after seven years. You but know, after seven time. years, and then it's like we use the term rivalry, I think, a little loosely in sports <laughs> sometimes, right? Just because of maybe geo geographic concerns or or whatever. You try to just grab two players that are drafted in the same class. All right, they have to have a rivalry. It's like, no, one guy's dominating the other. I mean, the Yankees over the Red Sox all those years, whatever. With Phil and Tiger, it was the same thing until Phil finally got over and said, all right, now we got something. But you waited and, and tried to build it up as a media event time and time again. So, yeah, I mean, it, you, you look at from a PGA perspective, that's certainly the case. Yeah, and, and and that's where the analogy to the Bills, who dominated a bad era in the AFC. There weren't a lot of great teams in the AFC. You know, how good were those Chiefs teams? They were okay. How good were the Steelers? They still didn't really have a quarterback. The Dolphins were decent, but the Bills went on the road and beat them in the AFC Championship game one year. This was not a great era. And the fact that the Bills kept going and losing to whoever the NFC sent tells you that, okay, maybe the AFC really isn't as strong. And this, this began the whole conversation and image that, well, the NFC championship game was the real Super Bowl, right? It was Cowboys, Niners, whatever, whatever you're seeing in the NFC championship, that's going to be who wins because the AFC was viewed as, well, it's not that good, but that's why the Bills were able to get to the Super Bowl as much as they did because it was a bad era they dominated. Now, history looks back for Super Bowls. Hey, it's impressive. Marv Levy, Jim Kelly, whatever the Buffalo Bills did, but in the end, really... It's not like they were getting by world beaters to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you had a lot of 500 teams, and you had the one-offs. Here's a 12-win Raiders team, and then they'd win eight the next year. And there was no consistency to where you were really having to jump through a bunch of hurdles to get through. I mean, the Jets were better than... We were 500. You were at least 500. We couldn't beat the Bills. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, as you go, and like you beat who's on the schedule. And to go back to the Super Bowl four straight years in this era, I mean, look how much people hate the Patriots. They don't even go every year. Almost. <laughs> almost every year. But but they, just the way we look at it with social media and 24-7 radio and television, people are tired uh, of the Patriots. There, there's a hatred. Take all the off-field issues. Spygate 1, Spygate 2, Deflategate, uh, the Tuck Rule. 
Well, just just on and on, but they're in your face, right? right? They don't lose. And just just think about what life is like now. We get into somebody, somebody or some team or or an actor or an athlete gets popular, and after about a year and a half, after hearing about them the whole time, we're kind of done with them. Sure. All right, now, can you imagine the Buffalo Bills going to four straight Super Bowls now and losing? It's, okay, we're done. We're done. It, it, it's Look, we watched the, the Cleveland Cavaliers go to final after final. Luckily, they won one, and they had LeBron James, sure. but... You can imagine what it would be like in the NFL seeing the same team going and losing every year. Everybody, we get sick and tired of people now so fast. They're lucky that back then, I mean, it would, as bad as the backlash was, it'd be worth, they would cancel the games now. Think about media it. day now. So, um. I'm going to ask the same questions uh, I asked last year. It's good to see you again, Jim. Uh, do you think you can beat the Dallas Cowboys this year in the Super Bowl? Just going to answer all the questions. <laughs> and that was the end of the run. The next year, it looked like they were potentially going to win the division again, but they went 7-9, and nine, missed the playoffs, and that was it for the Buffalo Bills. And that run of Kelly and Thurman Thomas and Rita, and it ends without a Super Bowl championship. And the jokes came. My favorite was, what does Bills stand for? Boy, I love losing Super Bowls. I think that's my favorite. That's pretty good. Bills, I like that. My favorite one. But, you know, now that this has been, you know, 20 years later, it's it's like they have this place in history of, boy, they got so close and they couldn't do it, and everybody feels sorry for them. So we had the backlash, and now it's, oh, man, they couldn't just win one. They couldn't just win. Couldn't beat the Cowboys once. Couldn't win that game against the Giants when they were the better team, and they got out-schemed, and Norwood misses the field goal. Couldn't win one of those games. Yeah, you go through, and there's the the sad for them. The Obviously, you know, we've all watched uh, Jim Kelly's health through the years, and, and you, you, you know, cheer for him in, in those battles. And, but all, all these... These times, especially now that we get nostalgic, because you, you're bringing out all the footage, right? You had NFL films, but mm. now you've got tons of programming to fill. So there's always more montages of what this team was. Is that Carwell Gardner? Is that Kenneth Davis? Look at that. Is that Rob Riddick going in the end zone? Yeah. Right. Or you go to YouTube or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. There's plenty of ways to go get your fix. I mean, I gave you Rob Riddick. Nothing from no, that. that I mean, Rob good. Riddick was pretty good. No, I, Dude, I know. That was a pretty good pull. I mean, pull. we could do this for, you know, for all, all, a week. Just saying, Rob Riddick was a good pull. Is that Al Edwards? I mean, it's a that's pretty a good, good. pull. Now you're, now you're getting deep. But <laughs> yeah, as you just go through, it's it's sadness, but also that, that respect. And always a great lesson in, I guess, sports psychology to a, to a degree as well. I mean, you keep getting back up off the mat. I mean, we do it with boxing or MMA or whatever else. Professional football, I mean, normally you lose the Super Bowl now, you're not heard from again. Free agency, injuries, and just guys being worn out from the extra games well, or whatever and, and, the case And even back then, how difficult it was mentally to get back to where you are. The fact that there was nobody that was good or hungry enough and the Bills, no matter what, kept winning. I mean, it tells you that they, they had a pretty easy path through the AFC. They kept all these star players together. These are all Pro Bowl players and Hall, Hall of, of Fame players. I mean, it's amazing. But that's it. And the multiple Pro Bowlers, mm. guys that were young on these squads that were just coming into their own and that... I mean, that trio of offensive stars that we've celebrated low these 30 years. All right, how about a little Where Are They Now? Members of the 1993 Buffalo Bills. Oh, Bulls. you're going to love this. Where are they now? All right, first we go Matt Darby, strong safety. He's a program manager doing some leadership training uh, of teens and young adults trying to do some good work. Give me a leadership story. When we... Won the AFC championship That's game. Right. That's what I'm going to tell you a story about. Okay. You got to persevere. You got to yeah, yeah, yeah. climb that hill again. What happened it, in the Super Bowls? They canceled them that year. We were the We're going to call it, we were Sisyphus. Okay. <laughs> that rock fell back to the bottom. And the next year we had to push it up again. Uh, John Perella, second year pick here. 11 years in the league. Defensive tackle. College coach for four teams before becoming the defensive line coach for your Cleveland Browns. Everybody winds up in Cleveland. Seems like that's the uh, all-pass lead to. Uh, how about Kurt Schultz, free safety, wealth management advisor for Merrill Lynch? 
Wow, you're a wealth management, not money managed, just a wealth. Like to say you have money, I will help you. You can't come I'm in. I'm not on, just going to help yes, anybody. Yes, you can't come in unless you're hitting some benchmark. Yeah. I, I was not able to ascertain what that benchmark was, but if you listen to a lot of radio and TV ads, we're talking quarter mil liquid ready to invest. If you have a million dollars in assets, I can help you turn that into even more wealth. I like that wealth management. That's pretty good. That's How about Gail Gilbert? He was the third oh, straight sure quarterback. He yeah. yeah, he he lost five straight Super Bowls. Yes, he did. Yeah, that's uh, well, people forget about the fifth one. So fifth one when yeah, he was Stan right. Humphreys back. Yeah, did you play in that game? No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about Get it. Get this. He had a lifetime of this. He, I don't know where he is now, but I just thought it was a nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did some searches. I mean, I don't know. I couldn't I find have you, But it was kind of, oh, no, kid played the league, was yeah. with the Cleveland Browns, yeah, all roads leading to Cleveland Back again. To Cleveland. Uh, but he also was in the Little League World Series, lost to Taiwan <laughs> in the championship game. Well, Taiwan's a, they were a dynasty. Juggernaut. All right, I got one last one for you, uh, where you've got Money Brown. Okay. He, uh, linebacker, became the alpha male in the World Wrestling Federation. And ECW. Oh, he's no. now retired and a personal trainer. Now, that, well, that's a that's a good second career. That's but a that's third that's way three careers. Three careers. Yeah, yeah he was an active wrestler for seven years. ECW and that's then uh, personal trainer. Yeah, that was pretty good. That sounds tiring. It's only that's a lot of that's things a lot to of do work. physically. It is. That's a ton. No, I mean you you get some uh, get one of those massage guns and you know someone that massages you to help. Uh, Get out the hurt. Jason, what did you do after you played in the NFL? Nothing. Haven't gotten off my couch in 23 years. It's been awesome. Just sitting right there. I got bed sores. Going to the old Bart Simpson. I wash myself with a stick. <laughs> so there's our look back at the 1993 Buffalo Bills, the end of the era, the fourth iteration of the Buffalo Bills to not win. You want to hit us up on Twitter at How About a Fresca? Mike is at Swollen Dome. Any ideas of teams that you want in? that we should spotlight here on special teams. The Buffalo Bills actually came to us, I mentioned this earlier, uh, from a few requests early on when we started doing special teams. It's fantastic. We've gotten some really good uh, teams to to take a look at. I think sometimes folks take into our own personal histories into account just so we have to mock ourselves. And we're usually on the downside of the ones they suggest. <laughs> it's like, your team lost. Like, well, why, do, why do I want to do the 83 White Sox? I love that team. <laughs> But then they, they met the Orioles, and that was the end of it. So, yeah, it was yeah. over. But either way, I appreciate it. At How About a Fresca, at Swole Adobe, if you do have suggestions. We'll talk to you next week. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of SI's new podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered some of the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. And now that continues on our show. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, And I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.